0: Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Russ M., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Tuesday, August twenty-fourth, 2020. Today we are reading from big book and into action on page 80 after consulting with his wife and partner for one paragraph. Today's uh, readers are, for the steps, Teresa, Teresa M., the 12 Traditions, Kim T., Allison L. will be reading the text. Page 164 is Jane S. Our backup reader is uh, Jennifer C. Our newcomer reader is Susan S. H., and second hour host is Matt J. F. The reference numbers for Monday, August 23rd, 2021, 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time meeting, 17,612. That's 17612. The 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time Meeting, 17613. The OA preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated has but one primary purpose to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and a practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of o- Overeaters Anonymous. I, I now ask Kim to, uh, Teresa M to read the 12 steps.
1: Good morning. Hi, I'm Teresa M. from Iowa, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. And these are the 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood Him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admit to God, to ourselves and to another human being, the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly ask Him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them, or others. 10. Continue to take personal inventory and when we were wrong promptly admitted it. 11. Stop through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood Him, praying only for knowledge of His will for us and the power to carry that out. 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our faith.
0: Thank you for letting me be a part Thanks, Teresa. Next up is Kim T. with the Twelve Traditions.
2: Good morning, Kim T. Colorado, multiple reader. Twelve Traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there's but one ultimate authority—a loving God, as He may express Himself in our group conscience. All readers, Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our, pub, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And Twelve, anonymity is a spiritual foundation of all these traditions ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thanks, I guess.
0: Thank you, Kim. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on directions for recovery described in the big book about Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and, liter- and literature we are discussing. And that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Simulness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive over ears only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There's no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your, share, your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book and into action page 80, the third paragraph after consulting with his wife and partner. And I've asked Allison L. to start us off.
3: Hi, Ross. Thank you. Yes, I'm here. After consulting with his wife and partner, he came to the conclusion that it was better to take those risks than to stand before his creator guilty of such ruinous slander. He saw that he had to place the outcome in God's hands or he would soon start drinking again and all would be lost anyhow. He attended church for the first time in many years. After the sermon, he quietly got up and made an explanation his action met widespread approval, and today he's one of the most trusted citizens of his town. This all happened years ago. Well, good morning, everyone. This is Allison Allen, a recovered compulsive overeater in South Carolina. Um, so this paragraph gives an example of what an amends can look like and how to determine if it should be made directly and then um, and then it shares the hope of how this particular example turned out for this person. Um, the paragraph does not tell me to publicly go and tell all my wrongs. That's not what I get out of this paragraph. Um, the amend has to fit the harm um, is what this paragraph tells me. And along with that, it also reminds me that, again, um, not to rush in to making a um, any kind of amends without consulting others, especially if they're going to be affected by how the amends is being made or the amends being made. Um, One that I had to make was to my ex-husband's mother. Um, I had to consult with my husband because he would be harmed, possibly by me having contact with her. And so he really didn't want me to have any direct contact with her. So what we agreed was that I would contact her via mail. And my sponsor at the time also agreed that this would suffice. Um, The outcome was that I made the amends, I cleaned up what I needed to um, so that I'm not blocked from God and I don't have this old wrong taking up space in my heart and mind or driving me to seek some ease and comfort. Um, The example in the paragraph implies that this man kind of made, was made to be a town hero, at least that's how it sounds to me, and I'm not seeking to gain popularity or reputation by making my amends. I'm seeking some self-esteem by doing some esteemable acts and cleaning up my past so I can live in congruence with the ideals that um, my higher power is guiding me to so I can be free and live in recovery. Um, And any positive benefits that come after that are a bonus and a distant second to the gifts and promises um, coming true for me in my life. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks, Russ. Thanks for your service.
0: Thanks, Allison. Appreciate it. All right. So now we're going to open up the lines for Sharon and, Although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your share to every third day that others might share their experience, too. So if you share it Monday or Friday, please step back. We'll ask someone else to get a shot to share on what we're reading. So who would like to share on this?
4: Dara L.
5: Dara. Larry G., California. Larry
4: Marcia D.
6: Marcia. Who else would like to share? A lot of time and space here.
0: We could take about three more. Heidi L. Heidi.
4: Dablin E.
0: Dablin. All right, let's go with this for the first round. We have Dara, Dara L, Larry G, Marsha D, Heidi L, and Dablin A. All right, Dara, you're up.
7: Okay, great. Can you hear me? Yep, perfect. Okay. Uh, I'm Dara L. am a recovered compulsive overeater in Philadelphia. Um, wow, yikes. You know, I always, sometimes I <laughs> sometime they think, I think like, oh, you know, the big book is written for alcoholics. Maybe I haven't done everything that they've done, but I have done everything that they've done, and I was thinking about how, a couple years ago I actually um was on national television with my family because I um well I I I was intent on proving to the world that they were horrible people and so um my family went on like this national TV show and I I slandered my mom I slandered my mother on national television and um and I remember when it came time to make amends uh for that I spoke to her and I said you know mom I'm, I'm really sorry for what I did and what can I do to make it right and she wanted me to go to each of her family members and tell them that I was wrong and so I did that I went to each of her family members and I told them that I was wrong and um and in a few weeks I actually have an opportunity to um to I, I'm I, you know I'm, I have an opportunity to in a public forum um in front of <laughs> Thousands and thousands, possibly you know, uh, hundreds of thousands of people to um, say what a good mom my mom is, and um, and I'm gonna do that. And I didn't really realize until this moment that that too is part of the amends process. That it's it wasn't just um, going and cleaning up um, the damage within her family that I did, but also um, you know, really saying what a what a good mother she is and. Um, and how delusional I <laughs> was to think otherwise. So you know, and just spoiler alert: like I thought after what I did, my mother would never trust me or love me. But the the capacity of non addicts to forgive is it humbles me. <laughs> it humbles me because I have like zero capacity to forgive if someone wrongs me. Um, but my mother today would probably tell you that I'm her best friend and her most trusted confidant and we love each other. And um, and that's just a result of this program and just a result of me not blaming everyone and everything outside of myself for my inner condition and instead taking responsibility and accountability. So yeah, I have slandered my mother and um, pretty much everyone else that I know and I have hated people even when I was in the wrong and convinced others that they were in the wrong. And and so cleaning up that, you know, is not something that I would have the capacity to do if not for this program and if not for God and not for the ability to, like, be terrified and still do what I need to do in order to recover. Um, And I'll pass. And thanks so much for the meeting.
0: Thanks, Dara. Appreciate it. Next up is Larry G. Followed uh, by Marsha Day.
5: Uh, good morning. Uh, this is Larry G. from California, and uh, thank you, Russ. You have uh, made a contribution to my uh, absences program. Um, I craved the kind of absence I have today as a result of being in vision, and I believe um, it's a large amount of credit is due to the fact that we are studying the Big Book one, one paragraph at a time, and I've worked the steps out of the Big Book. It's just been an awesome experience. Uh, I, I am not a hero because I go out and make amends. Um, I am not a white, uh, sh- um, a knight in white shiny armor. There is, there is no knights in white shiny armor in twelve step programs. I've got a creaky, tarnished, uh, broken armor, and uh, because I go make amends, does not make me a good guy. What it makes me is somebody cleaning up a mess and somebody who. Uh, doesn't want to, uh, you know, relapse as a result of not making that amends. Um, I I had an amends to make um, that was really a challenging. Um, my best friend, elementary school, high school, college, uh, consulted with my partner, who was my sponsor, and my wife, who was also in the program. Um, and what, what was decided was uh, to go down to Santa Barbara to make an amends. i have been schooled by past sponsors to never... You know, not to text or email or send letters, but to show up, put the bit in my mouth and make amends. And I—I hurt him. Um, I inappropriately dated a woman in his office. Uh, he used me uh, as leverage to get to him. The uh, unbeknownst to me, she was trying to blackmail him, and he thought I was involved in that, and rightfully so. stopped talking to me. And this was a crushing blow because we were like, we we're like brothers and. Um, my sponsor said, "You get you, you you get an airplane. You you go to Burbank. You uh, rent a car, and you go to Santa Barbara, and you sit down and make a direct amends with him." And I called him and told him what I wanted to do. And um, by the way, I 12 stepped him. He's got forty-one years in AA, so we've got a lot of history, and he knows what I was doing. And both of us were are, we played Division One college football. We're both really big guys. And we sat in this restaurant and I made amends to him. We were both sobbing because of the pain that was created. He had no idea that I um, did not know about this woman blackmailing him, but it was inappropriate. It was inappropriate for me to date someone in his office. And today we have rekindled a friendship that is beyond my wildest imagination. And I completely give thanks to the steps, the steps I've watched, you know, other people work, heal family relationships, broken friendships, um, you know, their their children. The, the steps have healed, and the steps have healed me. And if anybody's out there who's sitting on the step and has fear, uh, go back to um, the fear inventory. Read pages 67 and 68, because if you believe in a God, we have nothing to fear. Thanks, Russ. I'm, I'm out.
0: Thanks, Lars. Appreciate it. Next up is Marshall Day, followed by Heidi L.
8: Good morning. Thank you for your service. So, yeah, I mean, it is um, this is Marcia recovered in Ohio, gratefully. Um, It is kind of a scary proposition to go to people and admit my wrongs and make amends. But this line here, the reason I do it, you know, is, you know, it's better to take those risks than to stand before the creator guilty of ruinous slander. So, you know, whatever the ruinous issue is, I know that it's important to come forward and to own it and to be willing to face whatever the consequences of that may be. And um I know that when I've been willing to do that, that um my higher power, whom I call God, has honored that and has um helped me go forward, you know, in a new light and with a new understanding. And so it's it's time well spent, but it is um it is a difficult thing to do and I have to remember, I don't do it alone. You know, I certainly do it with all of your support and with uh, God's grace to be able to go forward. And I also realize in my family life that it's um, it's something that I've been able to model to my children and they've been able to learn from and to do in their affairs, in their lives. And, um, you know, in family life, we do things kind of sloppily sometimes, but the fact that they're doing that at 12 and 14 is amazing to me because I didn't, I didn't know to do that at 12 and 14. So there's so many gifts of this program and it's not just, uh, for us as participants, it's for family and those lives we touch along the way too. So, um, thank you for listening and I'll pass.
0: Thank you, Marsha. Before, uh, Heidi jumps on this one, let you know where we're at we're on page 80, third paragraph and into action. So Heidi, you are up.
9: Good morning, everyone. My name is Heidi. I am a recovered compulsive overeater sitting, looking out at the skyline of Toronto as Toronto was waking up and I no longer have a partner. Um, I have left my husband, um, peacefully, kind of. My son yesterday went off to university, so I have one son. Uh, My father has passed away. So I have a lot to be grateful for, but all of that, if only, stuff, uh, my husband, my main person who would trigger me, gone. My dad, who was always asking me to do things with a kind heart, gone. Now it's just me. And my son, and I need to be with my feelings, I need to be with myself and if I don't go to God, I am certain i'm not well i I'm pretty darn certain that it's not going to go well um, and I was feeling very hopeless, and it's apparently it's normal when your kid goes off to university to feel really, really really, really sad, and I did, and I'm feeling sad again, but it's also a time to be grateful and um, I have to place the outcome of the next four years of my son being in high school and me being a true single mom to a beautiful boy. I have to place the outcome of the next four years in God's hands. I need to place the outcome of the very atrocious behavior I did to the friend that we went on our, our possibly our last road trip together as two moms, three boys, um, and I was just... Not nice to be around. So the outcome of that friendship is in God's hands. Um, The outcome of my work, the outcome of the life that I'm going to lead, is in God's hands. And I have been very noisy in program and talking a lot about program and life and the principles. I need to keep quiet. I need to really keep quiet. I need to listen to you. I need to listen to God. I need to do my step four, my step five. I need to be in the program, the program of Overeaters Anonymous, not my own program. I need to do this one day at a time. And I'm a little bit scared and a lot grateful. And I'm happy that there's all of these people online listening to me right now and I will have a day, and then I will have another day, and the dark thoughts that I have will come and they will go. And I am grateful, and I will do the do things, and thank you. I pass.
0: Thank you, Heidi. Next up is Davlin A. E., and then we'll take another list.
10: Good morning, Russ. This is Davlin E. in Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada. I wanted to talk a little bit about amends and expectations. I've been making amends for a few years, guided by good sponsors and the book, and I recently made an amends to my youngest sister, with whom I have been very, very close over our lifetime. And recently, in the last year or so, we haven't seen each other for three years or hadn't, um, she got very cool. And I realized when we were arranging something for my dad's 100th birthday that I had been thoughtless. So I asked her if I could make an amends to her. We don't talk on the phone much. She's not that accessible. And I managed to arrange a call and I made an amend for my thoughtlessness, took responsibility. And I asked her if there was anything else that I had done over the years that had um, seemed to cause her to be more distant from me. And she said, no, no, no. She said, no, dad, I don't carry grudges. And that was fine. And I felt okay about it, but I still felt a distance. Anyway, we recently got together after a three-year absence to celebrate my father's 100th birthday in, in the USA. And My sister didn't speak to me. I mean, when I said hello and hugged her, she said hello and turned away. And for three days, she really didn't speak to me. Other than one other time when I said goodbye when she was leaving and it was in front of other people, I just said goodbye and wished her well. And she said goodbye and that was it. But there was no contact at all. And I was so distressed. Of course, I saw ease and comfort. We won't discuss that. This is not the topic. But I realized after quite some time with my sponsor and going deep inside with God that I had expectations. When I made that amend, I wanted something. I didn't want to be a hero in the town, as it says in the paragraph in the big book, but I wanted my sister to love me in the same way. And I had no right to have any expectation of her at all. And that was a lesson I learned in that amend because most of my other amends have given me a real peace of mind. And I realize that I can't read my sister's mind. That's God's work. And it's not my place to assume anything. And I definitely don't get to have expectations. And with that, thank you all for listening. And I pass.
0: Thank you, Davlin. So I'm sure you know where we're at. We're on page 80. Into action, third paragraph. After consulting with his wife and partner, and we're just going to read that paragraph. And if you share it in the past couple of days, Monday or Friday, please step back, allow others to have their chance to share their spirit, strength and hope. So, the lines are open for sharing again. Let me know who wants Jennifer. to share on this. What? Can you say that one more time?
11: Sorry, Jennifer. She...
0: Oh, Jennifer. All right, we got it, Jennifer
6: C.
11: Blanca B. G.
6: Blanca. Who else? Don't be shy. Linda.
4: melissa w melissa phil m
6: so all
0: right and i think we, we got we have ample time so whoever else wants to share let's keep it rolling all right let's go with jennifer Blanca, BG, Linda B, Mr. W, and Phil M. All right, Jennifer, you're up.
11: Hi, good morning. Uh, Jennifer C. recovered in Greenville, South Carolina. Uh, Can you hear me? Yep. Okay, perfect. Um, So so as I'm reflecting on this paragraph this morning, you know, I'm just reminded that, um, you know, to eat compulsively for me, Uh, is to die. Um, It's really that simple. I die spiritually. As soon as I pick up the food, as soon as I um, engage in my alcoholic behaviors and my alcoholic foods, I die spiritually, my connection uh, to myself, to others, to God, it gets immediately distorted, immediately. Um, I poison my body in a very severe and destructive way when I'm in the food, and I end up in a place where I'd rather be dead than to live in the cycle of this disease. I mean, that's ultimately where I end up. Um, So because of that reality of my life today, I made a decision to go to any length to protect this gift that I have of abstinence and recovery. Um, And if I don't believe that this disease is progressive, and if I don't believe it's permanent and I don't believe that it's going to kill me, um, then I'm probably going to still resist you know, the more extreme things that I may have to do in order to, um, stay free. Um, and for me, this reminds me that, uh, that this book tells me that faith has to operate 24 seven, um, in me. And that's a pretty extreme thing. It sounds pretty perfectionistic. Um, and I'm going to miss that mark, but in order to live there, um, I have to do this work constantly, and that is pretty extreme, right? Um, and I'm learning that I have to do more than I did before. I can never, ever, ever coast. I can never, ever, ever coast. And, um, and I have to do whatever is necessary to get back to that place where faith is the guiding force. So that's the reality today. Like um, when faith is not the guiding force, I'm in danger. Um, but I love the line that he had to place the outcome in God's hands, or he would soon start drinking again. Um, and to, and to drink again, you know, means that all is lost. Um, so my bullseye is always to be in a place of faith, right? Where I truly believe that God is in control of my entire world, that he's using every aspect of my life, every situation, um, good, bad, or indifferent for my good. And that I'll be okay no matter what. Um, It's when self-will takes over that I'm in danger. And I love the mantra, you know, close and connected keeps me safe and protected. And the bullseye is that faith is alive in me today. That service and self-sacrifice is alive in me today. And that the outcomes are in God's hands completely and utterly in God's hands. So for me, the extreme measures today is just stay in that place where faith is operating in me and faith is the guiding force. And I have to do this work constantly to stay there. Thanks for letting me share. And with that, I pass. Have a great day.
0: Thank you, Jennifer. Next up is Blanca BG, followed by Linda D.
12: Good morning. Uh, this is Blanca BG. We're covered by the grace of God, in Floral City, Florida. Um, I know for a fact that this program, or without this program, I I never would have seen the miracle of, of speaking to my sister. My sister and I hadn't spoken for almost seven years, which is unbelievable. I have never gone that long without speaking to a family member. And looking back on it now, it's just, very sad and shocking that I let that time go, but there was a falling out, and um I have to say i it was the hardest even thinking about making an amend, you know because I was stuck in that place of well, why should I make the amend, look at the way she behaved, look at what she did, look at what they did to me, you know, and that that horrible cycle of what everybody did to me, why didn't things go better? And it's everybody's fault, and I must remind myself. And then I remembered, making the amends is not for them. Making amends is for me. Because, of course, uh, you know, wanting to get revenge, and I'll get them, and they'll be sorry, because I'll never speak to them again, that's poison for me. Doesn't hurt the person that I'm spitting the venom at. It hurts me because that's a poison that those kind of emotions, as many people have proven, science has now proven, actually make us sick and are, cause, are the cause of stress in our bodies. And we all pretty much know. The, d- the damages stress can do on our organs and our emotional f- state as well. So long story short, we are speaking again. And that is miracle enough for me. Um, too much time went by, but it doesn't matter what happened then. What matters is where we are now. And to continue to remember how important amends are for my physical and emotional well-being, I'll pass. Thank,
0: Thank you. Thank you, Blanca. Next up is Linda D, followed uh, by Melissa W.
4: Good morning, Russ. Thanks for being there, honey. Good morning, everybody. Is Steve from Connecticut? You can hear me, right? Yep. Oh, good, because I screw up the phone regularly. Um. Okay, what jumps out at me is God's hands, that phrase. Um, I woke up this morning, damn it, I was human. No, that's a good thing, Linda. Okay, I was given the gift of life. That's an excellent thing. It didn't originate in me. It came through to me. That's amazing. So what am I going to listen to today? Am I going to listen to fear? Or am I going to listen to love? Because through the process of these steps, including amends, which of course are ongoing in life, uh, through this big book, through all of you. Can't be done alone, not by me. Uh, I need human help all the time. So I picked following God and putting myself in God's hands. And that means I'm going to have to do things that are hard. And And I'm going to have to do things that are fun. And I'm a whole bunch of stuff. I'm going to have to grieve, as someone was talking about earlier. I know that I will die a quick death, a miserable death if I pick up. Someone else talked about, I know I would immediately go into hell if I pick up. So every day I must protect my abstinence and my health. And my very being and my family, everything by surrendering and putting myself in God's hands. I love the prayer that says, um, uh, demonstrate through me what you can do. God can do amazing, amazing things. Is doing them in my life now because I do these things. And I am now a person who loves God. Who knows God, even though that expands every day as I walk through all the things in life with God, I need guidance and I ask for guidance minute by minute, not frantically, unless it's incredible stuff, which it has been lately, not frantically, but knowing that the answer is available right now. But I have to have the food down. I have to be connected to all of you, and I have to be something new, humble. There's a parent duck, and there's a baby duck, and I'm the baby duck. Sign. Thank you. I pass.
0: Thanks, Linda. Appreciate it. Next up is Melissa W. followed by Phil N.
4: Uh, Morning, everyone. Melissa W. Covered in New York. Um,
13: It's interesting reading this paragraph. I feel like I've read it totally differently than I have before. But, um, yeah, so what right had he to involve those dependent upon him? Um, So I've uh, been in in an interview process for a new job for quite a while. And... um, I started interviewing before I was recovered it's I, I lost my job in the in the pandemic and and by the grace of God actually I was not employed and, and able to focus entirely on my recovery so interesting how things work um, and it was grace and um, I, I now uh, have been for a while interviewing and and things it seems like there are some job options for me and Um, I am someone who always, uh, my job was my God, you know, and and I needed to have a career with capital C. And my LinkedIn profile, what that said was incredibly important to me because what you think of me is what I think of me. And the thing about my job is it almost wrecked me and wrecked my family and wrecked my kids because I would leave for weeks on end and they would cry. And didn't even bother me, and it almost wrecked my marriage, not the career i don't blame the career what what I did with that career and this time i've been interviewing for a job that's overseas and as I go through that process, I suddenly realize, wait, that's not just my decision because part of my ninth step is I made direct amends to my husband and my children, but I also have a living amends there. And now I have ideals and now I have a commitment to just to live, to live in those ideals. And, and literally this week, I sat down with my husband and, and said, Hey, you know, this is what this job entails. And, and, And I am not sure that I want to do this right now. You know, I don't want to live on a plane. I don't want to leave you guys. I would rather be here and with this family than out pursuing some career because, and I didn't say this to him, but I'll say this to this group. You know, I have a new employer now. And we talked about it and, um, and you know we're going to see how all of this plays out. But you know I have to place outcomes in God's hands, or I'll start. I'll be in the disease again, and all would be lost anyhow. And I see today that you know I have to. Th- these are discussions that I, I involve Him in. You know those dependent upon me. It's not just about me. It's not just about me. Stop it. And um, and. Time. It's not, these nine, thank you. These nine steps amends are not just something I do want, but I live these amends. Thank you so much. Thanks for letting me share. Thanks everyone for your service.
0: Thanks, Melissa. Next up is Phil M. And then we'll uh, take another list. We should be able to. Hello.
14: Go ahead.
0: Oh, sorry.
14: Hi, Ross. Can you hear me? Yep. Okay. Perfect. Thank you so much for your service. Um, my name's is Phil, um, I'm a recovery compulsive over from Northern Ireland very gratefully. Um, just come and clean. Um, I have one big outstanding um, direct amends to be made and uh, over the past year or so with my sponsor's uh, help i made several attempts to sort it out. But I, I came to seeming brick wall and as I said, my sponsor has been very compassionate, very helpful, and um I did everything that we you know, we talked about um until recently, the last couple of months. So her last suggestion to me was that I get out the paperwork <clears throat> concerned. And um I was too ashamed to admit to her that I'd that I'd lost the paperwork after having taken care of it for a long time. It's it's gone missing. So I avoided uh, making an appointment for a monthly check-in to avoid telling her this. Um, And uh, eventually I did. It was just on Sunday morning when uh, my my programme and my practice and my abstinence was was looking kind of um, shaky and it was very scary. But it was such a relief and she was so compassionate and she kept it simple as always. What was the next step? And the next step was to look at, you know, a pile of paperwork that I have uh, where I thought it might be, uh, just to do that for one day uh, before I speak to her next. So I did look, sorted out some paperwork, which I'm really bad at, (laughs) and that's okay. But um, it wasn't there. But the relief of making this start, do you know, and I now feel able that I can look other places and I've no doubt that there is a way through this seeming brick wall and all I need to do is to take the next right step. Um uh with you know, consulting with, with my sponsor, with my higher power and um trusting that we'll get there one day at a time, one step at a time. Um and um I'm having the monthly check in with her tomorrow. And the release of all this has been just so great, you know. Um is shame and guilt do not serve us at all. You know, they really don't. They would just keep me stuck in, in my disease. So it's the openness, the willingness and the honesty that uh, has been freeing me. Also the terror and <laughs> the fear. But, um, you know, through this all, I know that God, God's with me and um, that, that we're all on this path. And I'm so grateful. I've loved all the shares this morning in the last few days um, on this particular step. So Knowing that we have a companion, and that companion is also our destination, and we're all on this path of happy destiny together, and I'm so so grateful. Thank you so much, Ross, for your service too. For that, I pass.
0: Thanks, Phil. All right, we're going to have time for about three more shares, I believe. So, we are on page eighty, the third paragraph into action, and if you shared Monday or Friday, please uh refrain from sharing so someone else could get a shot. So who would like to share? I believe we we have time for three more.
6: Don't be shy. In
12: Connecticut? Who is that? Uh, that's Kate.
0: Kate. And what's the first initial of your last name, Kate?
4: Uh, e, like Edward.
0: Kate. All right, Katie. So we got
6: Kate E. Who else? Bonnie B from Minnesota. Bonnie. Jeanette M from could...
15: Virginia. All right,
0: Jeanette. That's. That's where we're going to go right now. All right. There's Katie, Bonnie B, and Jeanette. M. Katie, you are up.
16: Good morning. Thanks for your service. My name is Kate. I'm a compulsive reader. I'm so glad to be on this meeting today. What a great meeting. So, uh, so moved by all the shares. Um, I randomly came on this meeting. I have a home group, um, which I can't go to today, and uh, and so, you know, I feel like when things are grounded by the big book, it's always a good meeting, so thanks everyone for your service and being here, Um, and I heard so many good things today, uh, particularly about how, uh, you know, if I let go of abstinence, it's, you know, the downfall of everything, so just being completely transparent I would not say I'm abstinent at the moment. I, um I, I'm not exactly sharing on the big book chapter, um, at the moment I'm trying to get current because I haven't gone to meetings, in a, you know, in a couple of months. And that's because I, for a lot of reasons, death in the family, my cat died, but doing a ton of service in another program, like a lot of service. And, um, you know, they go, whatever you put in your front of your recovery, you'll lose Um, so it doesn't really apply here because I'm really working a program, but it's not this one, Um, but it's very complimentary to this one. I certainly could work this one, but um, I'm just not, you know, I I feel like I have enough recovery that I'm not, like, in a lot of self-hate or self-deprecation, but I'm not happy. I don't feel that really nice feeling of when my, you know, my food is in line and I'm planning and I'm talking to my sponsor, so, I'm so glad to be in this meeting and to hear sober, abstinent voices and the way that they work this program and to be reading out of the big book. It's a joy. So thanks so much for this meeting, and uh, I'll be back to this meeting.
7: Thanks.
0: Thanks, Kate. Next up is Bonnie B. followed by Jeanette M.
17: Good morning. Can you hear me? Yep good morning thank you so much for your service oh my word so the the phrase that stuck out to me this morning was to put things in God's hands also not always easy um, I've been in program for six years um, had something happen seven years ago to one of our children that was horrific and um, was not able to make amends um, because I was not able to trust God and the outcome I um, Last year actually did. Last year in January of last year, Lord had, um, or my God, that my higher power had laid it upon my heart. Um, It was time. I had gone through the steps again. It was time. It was time to put some phone calls in. And I did. There were three people and I did the first two. And um, as God always does, he showed up. He showed up. And they were amazing phone calls. And I hung up the phone and my heart was free for the first time in seven years. And the expectations that I had laid upon them were released. Um, but there was this third person. And um, I, just, I just couldn't pick up the phone. And I just, you know, I continued to lay it before the Lord. And um, we are from Minnesota, and we do get to go to Florida for a chunk of time. And this person was in Minnesota. And I was in the porch um, in the morning listening to program um, and then having my time with my God. And um, the phone rang, and it was her. And I had not spoken with her in seven years. And she had found out through one of my children that I was in Fort Myers. And um, her son was down there, and she asked if we could meet. And God brought her to me. She drove to my house, and we talked, and we cried, and um, all of it went away. And um, I guess I'm sharing this because I think what God wants from us is just, just as much as we can give him, and he'll meet us where we're at. And um, last weekend I made a road trip up to visit these three people and spent the night. And it was if our friendship had never had a blip. And it was a horrific thing. And so God's in the business of um, a healing. And the only way that I can stay out of the food is to stay close to him. And if there's stuff inside of me that's killing me, um, it's poison. And that poison will take me right back to the food. And so I guess, you know, the point of my share this morning is we do have to completely in faith trust God and then just be amazed at how he shows up on our behalf when we give him what we can give him thank you so much for everyone shares this morning and thank you so much for the privilege of sharing have a great day bye-bye
0: thank you Bonnie next up is Jeanette M
15: hi this is Jeanette M food addict I am a compulsive reader. eater um, and I uh, really appreciate the topic love this meeting Um, I am also actively working in the ninth step um, and have, I feel like, I feel like a judgment, too many amends to make. Um, I've done the ninth step, done all the steps numerous times through the big book, and This time a lot was revealed to me and some also were left over from, I did them last year and I didn't get to them all and I feel like I'm kind of trying to be more proactive but something is holding me back and I don't know, I'm not usually one to procrastinate Um, and so I definitely have work to do, Uh, I just have work to do and I appreciate the shares on the topic. Um, I have had very good experiences when I have made my amends directly. Um, very fortunate to have had many, you know, great conversations and reconnections and um, people being very accepting of, of uh, my bad behavior in the past and et cetera. But I, um uh and, and loving about it, but for, so it's not like I'm fearful. Um, but there's something there that's just just stopping me, uh, and it's definitely not God. So I think it's I think it's uh, it's my ego. Um, so I needed to say that out loud and to commit to other people that that is not acceptable in my program. Um, I do want to maintain my abstinence and I want to grow spiritually, and that this is how that works uh, is to do the footwork. So.
0: Thanks, Pat. Thanks, Jeanette. So we actually have time for a two minute share. Who wants to take the last two minutes?
18: Miriam J. All
0: right, Miriam, go ahead. You got it.
18: Good morning, and thank you for your service, Russ. This is Miriam J, uh, recovering in Massachusetts. Um, I, I just want to thank everyone for their their honesty and their openness over the last couple of days as we've been doing step nine. Um, I've gone through the steps many times, and this time I'm stuck on ten. And I learned a long time ago if I'm having trouble with a step, go back one. And by listening to these meetings, I had a memory that I under you know that I had not remembered recently that I had made a part of a step five a long time ago, but never made amends. And so yesterday, my sponsor and I talked about ways that I could make amends. And the freedom to just know that this is being lifted after, you know, 50 years. I was a child when this happened. is just such a gift, and I could not have gotten there without these meetings. So have a great day, everyone. Thank you.
0: Okay. So Miriam's gonna be our last share for today and thank you to everyone who shared. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. So today's share ID, Tuesday, August twenty fourth, twenty twenty one is seventeen thousand six hundred and eighteen. That's one seven six. One eight. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page one sixty four, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Jane S. please read a vision for you? Our book is meant to be suggestive only.
4: Yes, with gratitude.
2: My name is Jane, and I am a recovered consultative reader. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little.